Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 187, and before we do our roll call, we've got a little special announcement. It's oh. <laughs> it's happy birthday, Brent. Happy birthday, Brent. Oh, I can't believe you're older than all of us. Oh I'm my God, not- how did that happen? How did you I'm get older? That's than how all birthdays of us? work. Yeah, you lapped us in a weird way. I'm yeah. still the youngest. <laughs> I don't know but why I need to say that. Yeah, but Clark's the youngest though, so it's. Ah. <laughs> oh. yikes, yikes, yikes! All right. Uh, so I'm Kalen. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. I'm Adam. And I'm the birthday boy. (laughs) Yes. This week on Homo Superior, Marvel has given its first look at phase four, including Eternals, the Marvels, and Black Widow. Uh, We'll talk about Hellions, Marauders, and Man Things, Man's Thing, Men men Thing. You'll enjoy it, even if you don't read the comics, I hope. Uh, Plus, (laughs) there's a special announcement about the Hellfire Gala. News about DC films, a new Captain America, and a trailer for Castlevania season four. Let's get to the big ticket item. Uh, Marvel Studios released a video celebrating the movies that made them enough money to kill God. But (laughs) it also included bonus footage from upcoming movies like Black Widow and Shang-Chi, as well as our first look at Eternals. Um, They also announced titles and dates for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which is coming out July 8th, 2022. The Marvels, November 11th, 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp, sorry, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, February 17th, 2023. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is May 5th, 2023. We also got a teaser for Fantastic Four or possibly Captain America 4. We can't be sure. Uh, What were your initial emotional reactions to this uh and then how did you feel about your first glimpse at eternals ryan let's start with you um okay so uh, so we have a group chat between us y'all and um uh, some of the ideas were thrown out like wow really over the top maybe too much um i watched this by myself before all of those things were said and i'm not gonna lie because in this teaser they have the moment of uh, Chris Evans getting like the hammer and saying Avengers Assemble for the first time. I did cry just a little bit, <laughs> but, but, not, but not just a little bit, but like mostly through the entire trailer because these last two years have been so tough and it does feel like we are finally getting to some sort of like normalcy just in general. Everyone's getting the vaccine. People could... In theory, I don't want to cry right now, but like people in theory could go back to the movies and stuff like that. But like I felt the most emotions throughout the entire thing. And is Marvel slash Disney slash uh, whatever his name is, Walt Disney through his Nazi grave? Like, is, are they all? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But um, I well check Gravestag. I know. I sorry. I don't I'll know. I'll type that like to find out. Yeah. Um, but I felt the most emotion from that because they, they featured uh, just like audience interactions from it. And that's how we all felt too. And it's been two years, y'all. Like, it's just, I, I felt the most emotions from it. 
And I love uh, all the sneak peeks that we got. The Eternals looks fucking phenomenal. We're going to get so many superheroes that fly under the radar, and it's going to be so fucking fun. But the last shot was just Shang-Chi just fucking punching someone in the face. And that's how we all felt collectively for two years. So, like, I just, I, I, I felt the most emotions from it. And does Marvel do it up way too much? Yes. <laughs> but I, I loved it so much. Clark, what I, do you I, think? I want um, the tagline for our entire podcast to be, I felt the most emotions from it. <laughs> Did you feel the most emotions from it? I don't know if I've ever heard I cried. I laughed. I cried again. I was um, mad. I mean, that is a thousand percent the Fantastic Four insignia. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I just want everyone to fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what you fuckers are thinking. I did, I did curse you under my breath too, Brent. I was like, this fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Ryan covered most I was going to say. I mean, definitely, you know, the, there's that pit of the stomach sad moment where, you know, you see everybody watch that the, the moment on in Endgame. And, I, you know, you want to just say, like, fuck yeah, the, this entire sizzle reel, like, little thing. It's just, it's really well done. I do have to say, I'm very excited for Eternals, but I didn't get anything there that I cared about. I, right. I mean, I have no interest in Angelina Jolie on a regular day, let alone... With a that, sword? Like, yeah, I, yeah like, okay, gold. Thumbs glowing there. And, it's and, some sort of lightsaber. <laughs> just very lightweight. <laughs> and I, I mean... I'm more excited for the titles, which I'm, we're going to talk about after this, right? Yeah, Caleb. Um, Clark, can we call uh, the subtitle Earth's Mightiest Emotions? Because uh, I think that would probably fit a little bit better. But I am 100% in agreement with uh, both Ryan and Clark. Like, seeing the footage of the, the folks in the theater watching when, like, everybody came back, Falcon saying, on your left, the hammer coming to Cap, to Steve Rogers, that is. Like, I was transported back to opening weekend for Endgame. And Clark, you and I saw it together, like, because, like, the other guys saw the night before, and you were in Thailand watching it there in some fancy-ass theater. But, like, I got such emotions. And, like, Ryan, like, I, you know, like, I can't echo enough what you said about, like, not being able to see, like, a lot of Marvel stuff. Obviously, we've seen stuff on Disney+. Plus. WandaVision and Captain uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier. But um, seeing all these movies, like this is coming later this year. This is coming in 2022, this coming 2023. And we're going to get to see them in the fucking movie theaters. I'm so happy. Like I was so elated. I was just like, like cloud nine, right? Uh, the, when it's that I saw the title, Marvel celebrates the movies. I did have you know the cynical response of like you know D disney just be like let's go print some money <laughs> let's go print some money but i really did choke me up um i do want to talk about those titles so the um the sequel to black panther um has gotten a name wakanda forever um we also got the name for the movie featuring uh uh Mar miss marvel and uh, we knew about Quantumania from before. What did you guys think of these titles, um, Adam? Uh, so that is what the part that I actually got excited about. I was, I guess, the lone curmudgeon on this podcast because I was like, the entire time I just rolled my eyes because I also just hate like lifestyle marketing where I'm like, okay, bitch, they're just some fucking movies. Like I'm over <laughs> it. But once the title started coming through and like Kayla and I agree with you, 
seeing the content kind of come back in a way that it's like, oh, this is phase four. That's where I started losing my shit. And particularly, obviously having Wakanda Forever, which is going to be without um, Chadwick Boseman and them rethinking that movie and trying to do honor to him while also moving the series forward is great. But the Marvels, like I lost my mind because I was like, what the fuck? That's so cool. Like the fact that you'd have Captain Marvel, you'll likely have Photon as well as Miss Marvel, who still hasn't even had her own TV show yet. Like just the, the logo itself. I was like, this feels like risky. This feels great. It feels surprising. And I think that's what really stuck out to me because it's the first time after like these two years, like we've been talking about where it's not like, I'm like, oh shit. Now we're finally getting to new stuff. That's like, wow, that's going to be so fun. So uh, that, that really, that brought a tear to my eye. Maybe it was just the music though, but I'm, I'm very excited about the, the whole release uh, path. Caleb? Yeah, I mean, Wakanda Forever, great. Marvel's awesome, sure, fine. But I got so excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I didn't expect that at all. Cough, <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. What now. does that mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm being a, a bitch. Joke, and it's great, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, all right. Um, can, can I just say uh, the idea of, I, I know uh, it's a mixed bag with Captain Marvel when it came out. So I really liked it. A lot of people liked it in my life. Um, but I, I know it was kind of up and down or whatever. But the idea of them be, being called the Marvels in, in the film that I think so many people were asking for is just like a female driven team mm-hmm. together. It's just so fucking fun. So like we have Captain Marvel, we have Miss Marvel. I'm wondering if Photon is almost going to get renamed some sort of like Marvel name at some Marvel point. Photon, Photon Marvel. <laughs> okay. And, and then maybe they'll workshop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, Marvel Girl 2. But, but it. Lieutenant it, Marvel. <laughs> but but the idea of that marvelous is, miss Maisel. <laughs> that's good that is good but uh the idea of a female driven team is literally as the gay boy that's an eight-year-old is all i've wanted my entire fucking life and i just am so excited for it Kaylin, the word gay you? boy got hands up Kaylin. <laughs> gay marvel oh wait yeah. no <laughs> so I, I think I told you all this on the Slack channel, like back in 2019, once we finished uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, I, even though I love these movies so much, I had, I think, a sense of exhaustion. Like I needed a break. Um, and like I wasn't even excited for Black Widow, and which was supposed to come out in May of 2020, as we all know. Uh, but just seeing <laughs> the footage of Black Widow got me excited. For a movie two years ago, I was not excited about. I'm like, oh, bitch, get me Red Guardian, get me Elena get me taskmaster give it to me all i uh she I did the wait. same backflip that we've already seen and i was like oh now i'm activated <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah. i think we're all missing out on one naming because it's gonna be built great for a porno ant-man and the wasp come dump mania is something i'm gonna pre-order tomorrow <laughs> You know, it's so obvious. You, know, you would absolutely make a porn <laughs> off of it, Man of the Wasp. You're so much smaller. Oh my gosh, you're so you're giant, man. Can can you give me the password for that? Though, when you do that? <laughs> I'll share it out on our Google Drive. Man and the twat. 
Jesus. Mania coming to a local VHS VCR near you. Ass man in the swat. I need I need Wasp to live up to her name. I need her to be passive aggressive, wear a lot of cardigans, and just drink vodka. <laughs> Clark, do you have any title thoughts? Um, no, I I mean I like Wakanda Forever just because it seems like obviously forever. That entire phrasing just seems very memorializing. Yeah. Um, and it, I want it to be about Wakanda more than Black Panther now because I and now that I don't like whatchamacallit for her um, weird sure, right issues. yeah. yeah. Well said. They get a Okoye and, and Ao. Just yeah. The two of them. I'm into it. I'm into okay. everything. I'm just, I, yeah. Well, as a uh, special uh, announcement, the upcoming episode of Vicky and Kiana is going to feature special exclusives from the new Black Widow movie oh. that haven't been revealed to anyone yet. So be sure to catch that when that drops. Uh, let's move on to some comics. Caleb. All right. Yeah, so first of all, a uh, little shameless plug. Uh, feel free to check out a great piece of edutainment in our recent Class X, Who is Impact? The Hellion, the Hellion you love to hate and hate to love, but doesn't actually appear in the latest issue of Hellions. Uh, so we, he appears uh, we, on literally two panels. And so when I decided to do this, the solicitation was like half, half um, Psylocke and half Impact, like all about like, He's gonna have to go up against his past, blah blah blah. Nope, not fucking mentioned in here at all. So <laughs> whoops, everybody who already listened to this podcast. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm glad we did a deep dive because there is <laughs> going to be an issue at some point. I assume that will be featuring him because he's too important to that team. So let's get back to issue number eleven. It's written by Zeb Wells and drawn by Stephen Segovia. That's the regular team. Uh, the team breaks free from uh, Arcade's fantasy slash nightmares. Psylocke proves that she's way better than Betsy Braddock once again. Mr. Sinister is missing some teeth, and Grey Crow has a crush. It's kind of cute. So a couple questions for y'all. One, why is this comic the best? And two, no, really, why is it the best? Right. I, I have one pet theory, and it's that uh, it really allows Havoc to embrace his domination, degradation, right. kink yeah. shame. He's uh, goblin prince, goblin prince, Alex Summers is the best. It's but the think, best callback yeah. ever, honestly. Yeah. I, think the, I, I think the reason is because it really understands two very hard things, group dynamics and pacing. And his penis. Because this, this issue would have, you know, could have been really terrible if they decided to prolong this story that was really a, a fun setup with uh, Arcade Guy. What's his name? Mr. Arcade. 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 <laughs> literally Arcade. Yeah. Man. Arcade and Egg Woman, whatever. Uh, I'm so, <laughs> I think I think that they, they didn't waste their time with it. And it has an interesting reveal that Sinister wanted to figure out a way to get himself a clone army. Um, you know, he could have gone to Canto Bite or whatever. Uh, yeah. Crawl. Um, my name is Ryan, but thank you. Um, so, uh, so you brought up a great point. Havoc being a, a throw, a throw to the past, uh, sort of thirst trap is what we all needed in our lives if we didn't know it. Um, the funny thing about it is I think we're seeing through Wells's writing that like Havoc is just probably not a good leader 
And it's very clear who should be the leader of the entire fucking team. It's Quanon, and she was never given like any sort of spotlight ever in like in this capacity. And she's just killing it. And the idea within the X-Men universe of two characters coming together and having a real romance, which I've missed for so goddamn long. It's just like her and Grey Crow like coming together. It just feels so right in, a, in the way yeah. that no one knew. Like uh, we've seen soli- solicitations for like future like interactions and stuff like that. It just feels so fucking fun. Um, I'm, I'm just living for everything about this comic. Uh, it, it's, it, it's the best thing on the stands right now. And I can't say that more. It's just so fun. Um, and uh, Sinister is always funny. And the dialogue is always great in t- throughout the entire issue, every single issue. But to call him a cartoon duck is so <laughs> spot on for how he interacts with anyone. And I, I just love it so much. Um, this is it's just it's great i i love this issue clark um i well as i do i'm gonna be um not shitting on it at all i 100 okay. think this is the worst issue of this series that doesn't mean it's a bad issue it's better than everything else i feel we read this week um this issue there was supposed to be another issue between the last one and this one there's no fucking way there wasn't it right. makes it, it's such an extreme jump we get everyone's backstories like literally the issue before on maybe a page maybe half a page for people it felt very rushed and strange um and the it, it uh i know it's because the gala everyone had to be on the same month it had to be done so anything you have has to be shoved to the side so it just felt i didn't really like it because of that reason it just it 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 felt rushed not like there's a space where yeah it felt incredibly rushed nothing else of their stuff has felt rushed this series has felt rushed until that moment um and i'm pleased enough with how it went i do like the whole you know multiple twists and turns that are going on and i guess we need to talk about the fact that um we've had a a, a human killing finally so what are they going to do about <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, I mean, the, the fact that Lady, well, not Lady Mastermind, because the comic got confused as to which mastermind they were talking about, Lady Mastermind or Mastermind number three in the last issue. Um, <laughs> the, the uh, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with her. Are they going to just totally brush it under the, you know, because the only ones who know about it are people that can't talk about it or don't want to talk about it. I feel like they're never going to mention it again. No, I'm, I'm pretty scared. sure that like literally it doesn't yeah. matter. Oops. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, writers, so who knows? I was just gonna say that uh, never within like I guess I don't know if I'd call this all like one run, but within like this universe of X right now because of Hox and Pox, I don't think I've ever seen a character more rapidly transform because like Psylocke was kind of introduced right at the beginning of this. Fallen Angels was like just not a great look for the character or the comic. But my God, like Psylocke has, Quanon has just skyrocketed every fucking issue she's in with how much I enjoy her. And, you know, I liked Psylocke as a design, I think, when I was a kid, because they're just so fucking sexy. And as a gay person, like, that's what I will look like when I get older. (laughs) And instead, now I'm like, all I want her is in everything, because like she has a voice, 
She has a character. She has a story. It all really works out nicely. I'm just, I'm super excited that Zeb got to play with her. She's, he's doing such an amazing job. Right. Uh, re real quick, just uh, when they were talking about like, and I have your daughter. Didn't you just slightly want it to be Pixie? Just so they acknowledge that Pixie <laughs> is his actual daughter. Just so it's on panel. Because we have Mastermind. We have Lady Mastermind. And then we have fucking Pixie. Wouldn't it just been funny if it was Pixie just at the end of the day? I like it more as a continuity error. And Pixie yeah. was going to go murder some man? Yeah. Hell yeah. With, his, with her dagger that no yeah. one talks about. Oh, and here's my daughter, Nightcrawler. Or my daughter... Emma Frost. They just constantly get it wrong every time. <laughs> like that too. Caleb? Oh, Clark had his hand up first. Sorry. Go ahead, Clark. Uh, I, I think I'm um I I'm kind of done with Havoc being what he is now. He's the only character that was, you know, when they did the whole Axis thing where like they changed certain people to good and certain people to bad. He's the only one that's still like that. And I don't like this characterization of him at all. I like him when he was very capable and functional with the um, the shoot. What's it called? Corsair. The 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 Star Jammers. Star Jammers. Yeah. Star Jammers. I I, yeah. I know. I like that he's sometimes down. That he's not as good as his brother. But I don't like anything about what he's become at all. Just the same. It's a good writer, and I do like the writing of it. I just don't like it. Yeah. Kaylin. Yeah, I think Havoc is one of the um, one of those characters that like no one's been able to get a really good grasp of. They've like jumped around with him. Is he like, he's a competent leader. He's in Scott's shadow. Oh, he's actually better than Scott. Oh, he's a fucking mess. Um, I like that they started with him being a mess and like like the series kind of revolved around him at first. You remember like when they were trying to take on the, the Hellfire cult at the beginning of issue one, right. that's what was happening. Um, but like now I need to see an evolution because we've seen mm -hmm. uh, like Quanon go through her arc We've we've seen um, you know Gray Crow definitely going through his arc. Clearly, like Nanny Orphan Maker, all that's happened. Especially Nanny happening, you know, getting being, being resurrected uh, after Ten of Swords. So um, I, I, it's time for havoc. Uh, Ryan, quick point, and then let's move on to the next book. Yeah, just I don't know if he's going to be the one that doesn't um, maybe move on and actually succeeds from this process because he already thinks he's a hero. So like he could be the one that actually is. A monster by the end of this is the only point I wanted to make. Real That's quick. the opposite of what I want. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's move on to Marauders number 20 by the regular team of Jerry Dugan and Stefano Casali. The gang says goodbye to Roro as she goes off onto her very likely Jonathan Hickman written solo adventure by telling their favorite story about their favorite weather controlling mutant. So, questions for y'all first up What was your favorite story? I think right. mine was probably the storm. Uh, the, sorry, the, the storm isn't here. Was <laughs> Agreed, yeah. yeah. Oh, Bishop's story of when he's yeah. in uh, like Angola. Yeah. yeah. Clark? Um, mine's Callisto's. The story that's not a story because we have a million stories. Basically <laughs> and the story where they're yeah. finally like, connected after resurrection, I think was kind of awesome. And uh, Ryan? Um, I, I think I like Pyro's the best because it, it spoke to his character the most. He's like, I've seen so many bad things over the years. And like you, you showed me you can do it without being a terrible villain that murders people and uh, collapses buildings on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, Kayla? 
<laughs> yeah, I think my favorite was probably Kate's only for Nightcrawler's reaction when Aurora put Kate's nose back. Yeah. Uh, I like that she's like, he's like, oh, like, he, like he's seen demons. He's seen, you know, like all kinds of crazy shit. But like just the nose being cracked back into place, like wanted to make him throw up. Clark? Oh, did we, are we finished with that question? No. Oh, if Adam, Adam, did you have one? Or? Yeah, no, I agreed with Bren. It was definitely the silly, like, they were just using the storm <laughs> to be like, she's up there. Um, I, my, my comment is that I forget slash forgot that Storm is even on this team. Yeah. This yeah. team is so almost unnecessary. Most of the team is so unnecessary to the plot. Storm, Iceman, and... and Fi- uh, I called him Fireball. Shit. Um, fireball. Yeah. <laughs> <Good old> fireball. <laughs> fireball. Um, they literally couldn't have. Could, they could have not been in the series, and I wouldn't have felt much different. And which is weird for Storm being such an important character that like I like this issue, but okay, okay, sure, all right. Now they're going on some boat. Okay, there's sto- and and I love the fact that um that Shinobi Shaw and and uh, Christian Frost are just sitting at the table just. <laughs> Fuck all. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what is this party for? I do, Adam. I do. I, yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, obviously, I say every fucking time she comes up, Storm's my favorite character. Um, and I will say, besides her sword getting journey, which was awesome, there are really she's been very little overall for Marauders. But that's what I'm wondering now, because as you're bringing that up, Clark, it's we also talk about that all the time for Excalibur and even for some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. They're like team books, but I wonder if it's because they're on such a tight integrated timeline according to Hickman's world that are we like most, we even just said, you know, is Havoc gonna get his chance to shine in Hellions? There isn't as much of room I feel like for these sort of like longer journey conversations about specific characters or they can like give them to like two to three a book it feels like in many cases. Um, so, you know, I really like what Marauders is doing with Kate and Emma and Shaw and all that, but you're right that it, she, it was more ancillary. And the only reason I think I have so much emotional reaction is because A, I love the character, but B, they've, they've done generally good work with Storm, Fox era, um, but it's been in a multitude of books, essentially. I'm, I have one quick thing. Um, and this was just coming out of do you think some of these characters are only in the books because they needed the big characters to be doing something? Uh-huh. Like, yes, that's Rogue, the right answer. They're nowhere real for Rogue or Storm or Jubilee, blah, blah, blah. Havoc and all them to go. They're like, all right, let's just, you know, let's find Keep a place. Around. This, yeah, they knew that these life. were the like, stars, and so they yeah. tried to do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah we're going to keep them here until we find a place that they can star in instead of just be there. Okay, Which like, actually, it, noticing that, I think that might be an issue with a lot of the, com- the these comics for me was that fact that I had couldn't get past certain issues. All right, sorry. Yeah, I, I no, 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 I, I kind of agree with that I, because I think very few of the books, even though they're team books, they're actually about the teams. It's more about the function they play right. vis-a-vis Krakoa and society. Yeah. I actually like that. Like, yeah, like I love Storm and I wish she could have more to do and this is going to be my next point. But like, I like that, like, it's been really about the Hellfire Trading Company. And it's been about, um, you know, like, like Kate and Emma and like the evolution of their relationship and what they're trying to achieve rather than, oh, it's these six people all going on these adventures. So um, 
Adam, you wanted to make a quick Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quickly jump in to agree with you because that, to your point, I like a big narrative. I hate episodes of the week. And I know that was a lot of like, uh, what the resurrection era, I feel like there was a lot of like mil- m- mini plots. And then there was always these like episodes of the week with characters. And I'm like, great, you didn't, they didn't learn or develop at all. It just was a random storyline for them. So I'm glad that they kind of focus on the actual overall plot. Clark? Um, my favorite moment was not um, a storm moment. It was, oh God, it was Lockjaw and Emma Frost on the boat, on the, you know, the prow of the ship where like he allows her to like scratch under his neck. It just shows, as you were talking about the connection between um, between between Kat and Emma Frost has t- changed so much. And they're like so close that her pet dragon can be like going from wanting to kill her for years to being like, you know, love up with her, which I thought was awesome. So um, I put this question in here, but I'm wondering if this is what's gonna happen. Uh, like, do you think that she's gonna go now terraform Mars? Like, I know we've got planet-sized X-Men coming out, and the and the 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 speculation is like they are now getting more interplanetary in the solar system. Um, and then we've got the surprise of what Hickman's book will be, yeah. and we still don't know what Leah Williams's book is going to be. Um, but I I personally think that Hickman is going to be writing a storm book or a book that has storm in it as a feature. And I think she's going to be in Mars, but I'd love to hear what y'all think. I mean, I thought that was, that was, we decided that was the case because clearly, I mean, not clearly, but you know, we saw the planet, the planet size had like the red planet in the background and there's certain characters that would be capable of terraforming and obviously storm is going to be important to that. Um, So yeah, definitely, definitely. It could be wrong, but they're inadvertently doing a really good job at making us think that. (laughs) Red, (laughs) Red herring, if you will. Yeah. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, it seems so, it seems like it, it makes so much sense that, like, she is the catalyst. And also, she's an Omega level mutant. I feel like she's going to bring some other mutants that can really uh, make her actually go across the entire Mars. But, like, yes, I don't know how to say this more. And, like, Hickman, in so many ways, loves mars i don't know why he is so he is such a boner for mars but like he talks about it quite a bit and i like i can't wait to see what happens and i feel like it's gonna be like uh x-men a new world or something like that is what we're gonna call that because it's almost preparing the entirety of like krakoa to like go there at some point i mean Part of Iraqo is just a wasteland now because of all the battles and everything else. So, you know, there's a millions of them. So get them on some planet. True. Right. True. There you go. And especially if they're, um, especially if they are going to be, um, you know, like we saw in Cable last week, they, they just cause a ruckus like being on Earth by just heading mm-hmm. to London and going to a pub and just starting shit. So um I, I think I think you know that that is actually a really good point that I didn't even think about if they get like they get relocated there. So let's move on to our last comic of the week. Uh, this is a one shot, but it's still an X book. It's X Men: Curse of uh, the Man Thing uh, by Steve Orlando and Andrea Ricardo. Apparently, we've missed a ton of backstory because Swamp Thing, I mean Man Thing, was killed by <laughs> being called the Harrower and then reborn as a, as Swamp Gods often do. His he uh, his human alter ego 
Ted Salas made a deal with the devil a while back, and that devil was Belasco. And now he wants to renege on that, uh, like in every Faustian bargain ever made. In trying to undo the deal, he recreated the summoning ritual, but got Ileana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic, instead. Uh, she got him, uh, she, get, she offers him a choice. You can either give up being Man-Thing or watch the world burn or take back control and stop the harrower. Uh, Magic assembles her Dark Riders, which include Marrow, Manamax, and Shark Girl, and they defeat the harrower, and Magic helps Man-Thing uh, get revenge on the devil, a.k.a. Belasco. So a few questions for y'all. One, was that horticulture that we saw in the issue? Yes. The, yeah. the, the, okay. the, 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 the whore's name, the, uh, the harrower, excuse me. <laughs> the whore? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the harrower the is, the great, the is, horror. The great niece, is the great niece of one of them. I don't remember which okay. one. August, okay, Augustine or Augustus or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, the yeah. white-haired but, woman. But uh, yeah, no, I was going to say it was a one-shot, but it was really part three of what oh, yeah. seemed like a nine-chapter series. Well, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I think they did a fine enough job that I wasn't really that concerned. Yeah, I didn't really care to hear or see the rest of the plot beforehand. I was like, oh, this is cool and interesting enough. I thought magic was good and character was super interesting. The touchdown on the quiet council voting was cool. And again, it's it did well to stoke this sort of like, well, are you really a utopia if you're not helping people that need it kind of thing? So I loved that discussion. And just the Dark Riders uh i don't even know half of them i'm sure you all do but i was like oh this is so cool and fun i loved it kaylin yeah i it reminded me a little bit of there was an episode of the venture brothers i think in the first or second season where it's like part two of the mummy returns but there was never a part one <laughs> and it's just like they just go like in the middle of the story and like that's kind of how i felt and i was like at first i was disoriented and then the secondly i was like yeah this is good enough i just care about how uh, Steve was writing Ileana, which yeah. I think he had her voice down. So I think that's really important. So if there's like ever an Ileana miniseries, I hope he gets a chance to like tackle that. But um, it was an all right issue. I think it was kind of, the art was really nice, I felt. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Ryan? Well said. Like I, I was just thrown into this and I'm like, I'm on board immediately. <laughs> like it was it was super fun. Um, you know, guys, I always get hesitant when anyone mentions Florida in any sort of context so seeing <laughs> it in a comic i'm just always like well where, where are we gonna go is someone gonna fuck an alligator like you know what i mean like i get worried you know but um it actually didn't do florida in a bad light which i was very confused about um the thing that i loved about the most about this issue though was the dark riders like having that team together it's not the team that you put together but it's the team that you need um Having Mamma <laughs> Max or something, uh, Max, sorry, my apologies, may, may he die from Predator X immediately. But like um, having him in forearm and then Wolf Cub, apparently Wolf Cub is like one of the premier X-Men within the universe right now, which I, I can't understand. But like having that team together, I'm like, this is so stupid. I love it so much. Um, and Shark Girl is basically just man shark but i'm okay with it she'll just bite a person's face off like and i i love it so much i really enjoyed this comic just in general clark what do you think um ever since mamomax died by predator x i think i've kind of like fallen in love with his character <laughs> like i'm so excited that he's around it's, you he's like so, him more it's such a stupid creation that i absolutely <laughs> love 
Maybe he's thriving, though, because his tusks are so much bigger now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thriving in death. Yeah. So is Man-Thing going to get, like, a series after this? Is that the Curse of the Man-Thing is coming next? Like, was this, like, a reboot for his 50th or what? The Curse of the Man-Thing is that he has to be in a series. Yeah. (laughs) And we have to read it. Um, But... I everybody loves the giant size man thing. Um, I did find the Quiet Council stuff really interesting because they were like voting on whether to save the world. I was like, this is some dark shit. I liked <laughs> it, but it's some dark shit. Clark, I think you 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 wanted to make a quick oh, point. No, I was just a backup for a minute. Uh, my favorite moment was when Mama Max responds to Forearm saying, "I'm an elephant, not a slob. I don't empty my stomach for just anyone." <laughs> I don't know if anyone else thought that, but that just made me think of douching. Yeah. <laughs> relatable content, relatable content. Exactly. Anyway, um, more important uh, news, Ryan, what do you have to say? Well, what, what, what I want to say is, uh, should Nightcrawler and Storm just decide every decision on Krakoa? Yeah. Because they are the only people, except for some weird characterization from Storm, let's not talk about it, um, like, they are the only two people that you should be taking advice from in your entire life. And I'll say that till the day I die. And I want that written in my casket when I die. Brent, (laughs) what do you think? I, their approach to like the Avengers showing up at the quiet council. I just feel like they should have come more hat in hand and the quiet council should have been like making them grovel. Like, do you guys remember when we needed help? Oh, here's a list. Why don't we talk (laughs) through it? (laughs) Caitlin? So, yeah, Ryan, you brought up a really interesting point because you've got Scott and Gene have left the Quiet Council to form the X-Men, right? They're going to have their own kind of power base away from Krakoa, allegedly. Storm is going to go off and do whatever, like Terraform Mars, whatever. She's not going to be in the Quiet Council. Nightcrawler is trying to find religion on Krakoa. He's busy. Does this mean the soul of the Quiet Council is going away because you've got, you know, fucking Exodus and Mystique and Mr. Sinister and Professor X, who's pretty Machiavellian at this point, and Magneto, you know, and not much else. Like, what, like, like, I feel like the balances are much more on, like, the evil, quote-unquote evil side than the good side. Clark? No, I forget entirely. What did they vote? What did they decide? Oh, they were they, they just, so how 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 did that happen? Like literally, the votes weren't in that favor. So some of our quote unquote bad characters had to have chosen that other side. Like I don't know. It's literally yeah. one of them, the two of them, maybe and Professor X versus everybody else. Emma and the- Kate, maybe Emma and Kate. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, yeah. The two, I, I think and, they're they're sort and, of. The, It feels like there should be a lot more negative things coming out of them than we've seen, like negative votes based on who's around still. Yeah. Well, I think, I I don't know. I think there's going to be some interesting shit happening on the Quiet Council. I think shit's going to get a lot stronger before it gets gets brighter. I think they need some Morocco presence on there, obviously, but also just they need to remember, like, Maybe don't put everyone that the X-Men fought against on the yeah, council. Yeah. And even yeah. Professor Xavier, I'm like, I don't, like, your 
a piece of shit. Like, so like <laughs> we've seen that in multiple runs of things. So like, let's just be cognizant of it. Can we just, can we just put a pin in it? Cause maybe yeah. everyone should be aware of it. Clark. Clark. I just remembered that um, I forgot that Sebastian Shaw has to vote the same way that Kate, Kat and Katie right. and, uh, right. Emma, do. Emma does. Yeah, I do feel yeah. like well, the, the ones that are empty are the good not are the X Men side, so they're just going to replenish that. What is it? Spring, summer, fall? I don't know. Whichever one it is, they're going to replenish yeah. with the same kind of people. So that's good. Hope hopefully, you, I, I I do think like I know like we've talked about this before, and I even put in our Slack channel there was like this um you know a Twitter thread of somebody criticizing Jerry Dugan's work on cable about how he approached the Iraqans in the pub. I think there is something happening where they're showing like some negative stuff that Krakoa is doing because they've literally birthed a nation. And as part of that, like they're, they have to do some stuff that like, it seems unsavory, you know, and you know, like the, the whole stuff with like Araco coming up as a secondary Island, like, do, do they, do, does the underclass now have another underclass and the people who were victims, do they become victimizers now? Um, and so I, I want them, even these are superhero comics ostensibly, I want them to explore that kind of stuff. Yeah. But hey, Ryan, um, uh, I think I'm hearing a little noise here. Am I hearing a little news <laughs> flash? <laughs> that, is that breaking That's, news sound? It broke something, my eardrums mostly, but... Um, uh, let's start with some news. Uh, so uh, we know the Hellfire Gal is coming up. Marvel released a trailer uh, and it pro- they promised a major revelation, but the trailer, uh, it was part Oscars, part action movie uh, for, for the event. Uh, it, the gala is going to feature the Mutants of Krakoa plus special guests like the Avengers and Fantastic Four. In the trailer, they announced there's going to be a, an announcement that is being kept secret. Is it what Dazzler's outfit actually looks like behind the sparkles? <laughs> is it how they can no longer contain the hyper orgy energy Krakoa brings to every other world? Does it perhaps involve Storm, as we talked about? Um, but the gala is also going to feature real world ce- celebrities like Eminem, Conan O'Brien, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, Ira Glass, and Pete Alonzo. Uh, but what do you guys think? Adam? That was a good celebrity uh, audition tape for uh, the announcer for SNL, Kevin. I like that. But all of those people like are great <laughs> as they are. They should not be in a fucking gala, gala, whatever comic. I I hate all of it. Like I I think it is overall. It's funny because I know on House of X, uh, which many of us are on, there's like always discussions about this being kind of like, is this like a next step from a marketing perspective? Because it's obviously generating a lot of buzz. I think it's a great kind of thing but i re- i almost don't like how it's almost becoming too meta where it's like yeah we'll have bronze celebrities and i'm like i don't really give a shit about these people like i want to see the stories of the fictional characters that i love reading about so that just like that breaking news maybe really annoyed today and i was like this is dumb and i don't like it uh but from the announcement i have no idea i assume like we were just talking about it's probably the fucking planet that is going to be terraformed on mars and like croco planet that uh i really hope it does come out because like what a great ending for that kind of series at least mid midpoint but brent uh this reminds me of in uh the iron man comics how they had tim gunn 
at one point. Uh, and I was just like, why, why do you want to be, why as a celebrity, do you want to be in a comic? Why as you're a writer, do you need to include Tim Gunn? Like what is Conan going to add to the, the nation of Krakoa uh, other than being clearly a weird freakish mutant? Caleb. No, yeah, no, it was really no, weird when, when- I'm literally commenting on Conan. Um, sorry. Okay. Um, so Conan has this character, the Flaming Sea that was created by Arn Studios when he was doing, um, when he was product testing their, um, one of their video games. I think it was DC something something. Right. Anyway, so he has a character that is like 100% created that in this world, in the maybe out Marvel world, our world, is known enough that he's such a like a like a superhero weirdo that they might wanted to include him for that reason. I want to know whether they're going to include him as the Flaming Sea. That I didn't know. You should Google it because it's hilarious looking. Uh, or um, as himself, I, I would love it if he just plays this superhero you've never fucking heard of in this universe that just looks like a. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but but. Yes. The other ones, I don't understand why they're there. I, I, it's going to be kind of silly. You'll see them in the background and say, okay, look, she has pink hair. I like her. Kaylin, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, no, I was just going to say, when Tim Gunn was on Iron Man, he kept saying, make it Force Works. <laughs> um, that was my right. joke. That, all of that us was are my joke. That. It was so bad. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, okay, so if we're going to get celebrities that are fake the slash in the real world. Can't we get some good ones? Um, so let, let can't uh, Ariana Grande, like, no, can't we, God, we, no, we don't want that. How um, about Lady Gaga or uh, Lady Dua Gaga Lipa? Look, don't critique my, look, look I'm here. on the red carpet currently <laughs> with all of these people. Well, so how dare you? But like, why can't we just get some people that like, I have a little bit more star power. Mm -hmm. Like, and let, let's be honest, this is queer culture, right? At its core. Um, so let's not get the Conan O'Briens of the world. Let's maybe just get like someone that it has a little bit more impact just in general. <laughs> with, you mean like, like Megan Rapinoe? No, I don't. <laughs> Actually, no, she I just, but like, just like someone within queer culture in general, like that, that would feel more inherent. That's not. Right. Megan Rapinoe is a lesbian icon. Do you well, not know? I'm not a fan. That's she's just my hugely, personal opinion. She's hugely important. No, she's actually the only one that I found interesting yeah. on this list. Everyone else, I was like, I agree, I, Ryan. Like, there should be much more queer representation here. Eminem should should not be near anything. Anywhere near Shangela. Absolutely. Let's get Shangela. What What yeah. I was going to quickly say is that Ariana Grande actually fought Sephiroth because she was part of a Final Fantasy mobile game. So if she can do that, then all these fucking hoes better show up with superpowers and be doing all sorts of crazy shit. Otherwise, <laughs> what is the point of including them? The Lady right, Gaga well, Ryan is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's move on. Uh, so Marvel, you know, as we've heard before, they've been introducing different Captain Captains America. It's like Attorneys General. Uh, so the latest one is um, a Native American hero named Joe Gomez of the Kickapoo tribe. Uh, and he's created by a geoscientist and uh, Lipen Apache writer, Darcy Little Badger, and uh, Kwaipu uh, Mumquak First Nation artist, David Cutler. And I apologize for any mispronunciations there. Uh, the newest member of the Captain America history will join in issue number three of the United States of Captain America. Uh, the potential for a character like this is great. And I'm curious what you guys think 
where this could go and what else we could have in representation, uh, specifically around the Captain America book. So Ryan, we'll start with you. It's, it's crazy that like, uh, we're like, oh, this blonde guy with blue eyes is probably what would represent America. Like, <laughs> we've done that <laughs> for so long. Um, it's funny to actually go to the roots of like what like yeah. the North American region actually is, is this type of character. So uh, bring it all the way on. I'm, I'm so into this. Yeah. This is, the this is the first one of the three that I'm very excited for. The design's awesome. Character sounds really cool. As you said, it's important and necessary to have a Native American as a Captain America figure, just because of how, you know, they've been here for, 10,000 more years than any of us idiots. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And in terms of what's going to come up, I mean, they're going to 100,000% do a, um, um, excuse me, an Asian one, certainly since all the horrible stuff that's been going on the last right. year and a half. And I mean, they can't not. And yeah. the, I don't know what the next one would be. I don't, I don't know who, um, I mean, Latino. Yeah. 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 Quite possibly. I, I was going to agree with you, Clark. Um, they definitely need an Asian American. I think they need multiple Asian American ones because yeah. when you talk, when you talk about Asian Americans, I mean, I'm Asian American, I'm South Asian, you know, but then you've got people who are Southeast Asian, East Asian, uh, Central Asian, um, you know, like having, like having that kind of like wide diaspora, mm -hmm. I think would be really, really, key, you know, absolutely key. So I do hope they have that, but yeah. He's, uh, uh, this is definitely the first one of the three we've seen. I was like, oh, this looks cool as fuck and this makes a ton of sense. The other two, I'm glad they exist. It's just the designs are very DIY, to put it mildly. Uh, <laughs> this, feels, this feels very fully formed. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm, oh, go ahead, Clark. I just want a, a story written by a geoscientist. Well, you're getting yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and well, I do Darcy appreciate that. Yeah, Darcy Little Badger has done some other uh, things. I know. Well, she did obviously the Marvel voice. They did the Marvel voices. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. I, I definitely think they probably should have led with this reveal. I think mm -hmm. it's definitely the mm -hmm. most interesting too, because it, like you were saying, Ryan, it is like you have to have this kind of story, and I think it'll actually probably fit the most because it's almost. I think there is good things, especially with the the queer Captain America. Like it's very much like forward looking, but I think there's a, a really good element of this where it's obviously like going really into uh, America's roots or North America's roots. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they play with it. Well, and some news that I'm really excited about as well, uh, coming from Marvel, Oscar winning screenwriter, John Ridley is gonna be writing a Black Panther series at the end of Ta-Nehisi Coates' run starting this August. Uh, Ridley most famously wrote the script for 12 Years a Slave, but if you're worried about his comic book, Bona Fides, he also create, uh, wrote the next Batman for DC, which uh, I know Adam and I both read, and it's actually quite good about a, a, a black Batman who is the son of Lucius Fox, uh, the character played by Morgan Freeman in the Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, he's done some other Marvel work, like including Wolverine, Black, uh, uh, White, and Blood. Uh, we only read the first issue, which well, I guess we should go back and read some more of that anthology. Uh, he's writing the other history of the DC universe, which I'm reading. I also think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and he created his own um, uh, sort of Watchmen-esque series called The American Way for Wildstorm. He's going to be working with Juan Cabal, an artist we really like. He drew the first 12 issues, most of the first 12 issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, 
and he drew all new Wolverine with Tom Taylor a few years ago. So absolutely phenomenal artist. Um, you know, I'm super excited. Mostly I'm glad that like uh, Marvel is making sure that there is another uh, a black writer writing Black Panther. But the fact that like Ridley is not like Ta-Nehisi Coates, like Ta-Nehisi Coates is a brilliant, brilliant essayist, but as we discovered it, not a very good comic writer, at least from our perspective. Uh, whereas uh, John Ridley knows the, the the medium quite well. So I'm super excited, but like, what do you guys think? What, do you, what kind of stories would you like to see? Um, what are your overall thoughts? Adam. Yeah, I really liked the next Batman, at least the parts that I read so far. So I, I am excited. I think you're right, Kaylin. Uh, the the quality for both movie and for comic i think really translates super well so i think i'll do great things i think what we were already talking about earlier clark i think it might have been you or it's like just give me the world of wakanda right like build this kind of real empire like what works so much about x-men is that it's now a country or like you know the x universe now it's a country there's like lots of ups and downs and different characters like i don't want this to be a singular person because i think wakanda is just so continually ripe for telling different stories and different perspectives and people from that uh, country. So I, I just want to see a lot more of that. Clark? Clark? I think I was actually going to kind of say what Adam's saying. <laughs> I, I do like the fact that there, the Wakanda is kind of isolationist a lot, but I think a, I need just an interesting story going right now with, you know, like the, the not King building, but that kind of stuff, the, you know, Island nation of uh, Krakoa they need to join the world in a way that sees the geopolitics. I just don't want to see them kind of hanging out in their own. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is I don't want to ever see them touching space ever again. <laughs> that was atrocious. That was tough. Yeah. I ended yeah, up reading, was... I ended up reading um, the first two, what trade paperbacks after yeah. which we hadn't done. And it, it's, it doesn't get much better. I know. Yikes. Yeah. I, uh, going back to what you were saying, Clark, about the, the, where Wakanda's place in the world, like that was one of my favorite parts of Christopher Priest's run, which I know mm -hmm. we've, uh, uh, we've talked about, um, uh, uh, before, uh, like how, he, uh, like Black Panther and Wakanda interacted with like Atlantis with, with Latveria, with the United States. And like seeing that, like, I would love to see them, their perspective vis-a-vis -vis Krakoa, because we've seen it like the other way around specifically like, during Ten of Swords, when Storm went in to like go steal the sword, Skybreaker. Uh, so like seeing their like perspective on that, I think would be like something like that would be really, really awesome. So uh, moving over to DC, um, you know, there is a Black Superman movie uh, reportedly uh, in the works. We've talked about very briefly before, but like it's not set in the DCEU, which I am thrilled with. Like get it out of there. Uh, it is produced. It's going to be produced by J.J. Abrams and... Uh, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So hopefully Ta-Nehisi does a little bit better job with film scripts than he does with comics. Uh, but we find out that it is supposed to be a retelling of Cal-El, um, who you know has been played by Christopher Reeves, uh, Henry Cavill and others, but and not Calvin Ellis or Val Zod, who are some of the other supermen in DC and parallel universes, and they happen to both be black. But what are your thoughts on it? Ryan, we'll start with you. Uh, can you imagine though if it was written by that? <laughs> like it would be literally insane if it was done in the same actual universe and like oh uh, Henry Cavill like went like it would be insane like that would never be conducive of anything. It literally 
And DC needs to learn this just in general. It needs to be self-contained stories that we love and they can go to places that we maybe are not part of the greater universe. Like that we we've said this a million times, like it would not make any sense for this to actually be part of the greater <laughs> DCEU, whatever they're calling it this week. Yeah. It would not make any sense. Clark. So I thought that DC uh, extended universe was everything and they weren't in the same world. They weren't the same anything, but it did like this. Apparently not. It doesn't make sense that this is not set in the DCU because th- I mean, none I, of these things have to be set in the DCU. None of these have to be set in it at all. I, I think they changed it. I think they changed the definition of it, Clark. Like once or- the Snyder cut came out, because thinking, <laughs> because like there were, there was like right. conversations no, 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 about right. bring, bringing it back and like having everything connect. Yeah. And so the only thing that's going to happen as, you know, um, I don't know, some articles have said, it's like Jason Momoa is going to continue as Aquaman. Uh, Gal Gadot is going to continue as Wonder Woman. Uh, you've got uh, the guy who plays Captain, or I'm sorry, Shazam, Captain Marvel is now owned by Marvel. Uh, and uh, and Ezra, Ezra Miller as Flash. But everything else is like wiped clean now. Uh, the DCEU is actually reaching like Halloween movie proportions yeah. in terms of how fucked up all of the timelines, connections, and plots are. And it's like, it's just, they're like, uh, oh, we meant this way now. Every time they Whoopsie. It's very, yeah. it's comics accurate though, if you think about it. <laughs> I do, very- I do miss the four through six not being included in Halloween because I thought they were just so fucked up. Oh my God. <laughs> right. But then well they moved said. two and three and they removed all of them. But anyways, so wait, the DCEU is just this is basically what you would call the MCU now. Just yeah. the things that really happened. So DCU used yeah. to be everything was part of it, including uh, Joker and all that kind of Joker, stuff. So yeah. that, I just thought it was kind of an Elseworlds thing. So yeah, you I think make this like literally in 10 years, couldn't you be like yeah, this was just another world. And like, if you wanted to do a cross time caper, not cross time caper, but you know, cross worlds, I could just say, oh, never mind, it is again. It seems very strange for, for you know, I don't know why I'm harping on such a weird subject. I think it's the fact they actually straight up said it. Um, besides yeah. that, definitely looking forward to this. This is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I think it will be too. Uh, I was kind of hoping it was going to be Calvin Ellis because uh, it was introduced by one of my favorite writers. Um, uh, Grant Morrison, and it was definitely a reaction to uh, Obama getting elected. So seeing a black Superman who's also president of the United States would trigger all the fucking racists out there. <laughs> not to not to say yes. that this won't anyway, but like that's what I that's that's what I want. So, uh, so real quickly, um, the trailer for the fourth season and final season of Castlevania dropped last week. Uh, it begins uh, next week, uh, but it looks like someone's going to try to resurrect that big old bag of blood dracula um but you guys think there was enough blood in the trailer because i sure as hell didn't you could no, always use no, more no. blood well i think it's more of a tease of the blood that we're gonna get late you know what i mean it's a, uh a blood a teaser um no i'm in i'm again i uh i guess what is it hate the Love the art, maybe hate the artist at this point, but I do want to see the story come to an end. I think they did a great like three seasons of content and season three in particular, besides all the cards, more like middling storyline really opened up the floodgates of like, oh shit, the show's so good. The female vampires are fucking fantastic. So I'm excited to see a good close to this. 
that will also get me very excited for the, I think, new show that they are looking to create uh, following the end of the story. Does um, it look like... Uh... Oh, go ahead, Clark. No, you're good. I was just going to ask, does it look like Alucard has definitely broken bad and uh, I almost called him broken Vlad. Yeah, I love it. That I was going to say, yes. kept the pun. I love that. Yeah. Um, we also get the first glimpse of Death, who mm. is super important. And I was just going to say, uh, I hope it ends with him um, killing Warren Ellis. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the ending for the entire series, hopefully. Oh my Even God. That's the best yeah <laughs> of the world really <laughs> well uh that's been our podcast so ryan i'll turn it over to you yeah um so guys just remember to check us out um we have an extra issue coming out on may 13th just reviewing the first season of invincible on amazon prime which is the real home for we hate all superheroes so check that out <laughs> And just our hot takes on it. Um, we have an extra special guest on for that one. Um, we've also got a coming out every Wednesday, uh, patent pending, uh, and also alcoholics pending, uh, a bar sinister, which uh, Vicky and Kiana will be talking just a little bit more on, but just also just check us out. Check our Instagram out. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X. And you can find us on Instagram at Homeless Superior Podcast. Um, guys, if you're liking it, can you just rate us, but only in a positive way? And then also <laughs> review us in the same way. And honestly, we've been Homeless Superior. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>